Welcome to another episode of the Other Wrestling Dave's Podcast. I'm your host, David Rosenberg. I'm here with Austin and Donnie. Austin, what's going on? Hey, we just got done watching the uh, Vengeance Day pay-per-view. Really good show. Can't wait to talk about it. Donnie, what do you think? I'm looking forward to talking about Vengeance Day, but I think we should also go over the card for Elimination Chamber next week. Yeah, we're definitely going to uh, go over it. I, it's crazy because Elimination Chamber, I didn't realize it was it snuck up on us so fast. It's literally a week away. So we have a very uh, busy but linear uh, few weeks ahead of us. Uh, thank you, WWE, for your constant, I don't know, what is it, uh, barrage of uh, of content. Honestly, uh, you, you, you hinted on it, uh, Austin. Tonight was a really, really good show. NXT TakeOver Vengeance Day mm-hmm. was probably one of the best up and down shows i've seen in 2021 i think i mean that's a small sample we're only at uh it's valentine's day so it's february 14th that that is a there small were no sample. bad matches it, it was not only no bad matches but i wouldn't even say any no good matches they were all great or better oh. it, it was it was it was a really yeah. exceptional card it was i was very impressed uh we'll get into uh it bit by bit and i mean we don't really need to hesitate any further uh did you guys happen to watch the kickoff show because uh there's some news i want to talk about i know they hinted on it somewhere uh in the middle of this pay-per-view but eli drake and his new name is la knight i he is now with nxt uh there's someone else i want to talk about that i i've heard or i read is signing with nxt or is soon to sign with nxt uh, but Eli Drake, I, you guys have seen him before on Impact. You guys saw him on NWA Power. If you ever saw clips of that on YouTube, uh, just initial thoughts on him. He's kind of, I, I'll say it, he's kind of older. You know, he, he's like, he's not young. And when you think NXT, it's supposed to be developmental, but it's not really developmental anymore. Uh, because guys like Finn Balor are down there thriving. You know, the people that are coming in are now honestly 30 years plus. It, it is just a third brand. But is this Eli Drake move good to you? Yeah, Eli Drake is a guy that I feel like WWE has probably had their eyes on for a long time now. He fits the mold for what they want to do so well. He's such a great talker, and he, I mean, he's competent in the ring, and he just, he looks the part for sure. He's, he's, he's just, I mean, he's a guy I would have expected to sign with them years ago. I didn't watch a lot of NWA when he was on there. And to be honest, I didn't recognize him until we saw him later on in the show when they recapped the pre-show. But I am looking forward to seeing what he can do on there because he seems to fit their card. Yeah, if you've never seen him before, I would say your best comparison is if you only watch the WWE main roster, The Miz, right? It's like a cheap John Cena. Yeah, or The Miz, yeah. Right. Well, okay, John Cena. I mean, The Miz is is kind of a cheap John Cena. The Miz is a knockoff John Cena. Yeah, he tries to be exactly that. He's a knockoff everyone. But no, he's a great talker, uh, and and he probably is a better worker than than The Miz. So I think he will... uh, he will get fans invested in feuds, and that is the exact kind of entertainment, right? That sports entertainment that WWE is always looking for. So I'm excited. I didn't know this was coming. I had wondered uh, what the next move for Eli Drake was because it seems like a lot of people are leaving NWA because there hasn't been much going on since uh, I know ownership had some issues, allegations, uh, things changed there. So uh, NWA seems like a sinking ship, but it has uh, seemed like a sinking ship before and it somehow survives every time so i i wish the best for that promotion but a lot of their top talent including eli drake now la knight uh seem to be going to bigger and better things so 
We can just glaze over the horrible name discussion this time, right? We don't have to go all in on L.A. Knight. Right. <laughs> I, I, it's, uh, I, I couldn't Be nice tell. to him. He's new here. It's so bad. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I, I can tell th- they tried. I think the L.A. is supposed to sound like Eli, right? But they can't say, well, you know, we need the IP. And, and smart. I think very smartly, Eli Drake didn't say, well, you can have the Eli Drake stuff. You know, we'll just do it in NXT. Right. That's, you know, that's that's a no-go, so. Hedging your bets there, I think that's very, uh, very, very smart. The other name I want to talk about that I, I can't remember what website I read this on, so you can take it as rumor, but it's something I've been thinking about for a while. Taya Valkyrie, former Impact, yeah. well, I think longest reigning Knockouts champion. She's supposed to be, I believe, in the next class of NXT signings. I, I guess that uh, they haven't really d- announced a class in a bit, have they? I, I know they. Someone said the Parker Boudreaux signing was part of that we played audio of him last week but i don't know if they've formally like announced them you know how they give them the t-shirts the property of nxt thing which is such a creepy shirt idea but that's coming and i i've heard that this class is going to have a lot of women a a lot of women which for aw sounds kind of bad because aw has not a bad women's roster but maybe less developed than you would like and if they're snatching up even more talent uh nxt that is it's you know unfortunate for uh, their competition, but Taya Valkyrie at the top of that list. What do you guys think about her possibly joining? Yeah, I heard that. Um, I also it looked like a rumor to me. Also, I didn't see it from any like confirmed sources or anything. Mm-hmm. But assuming it is true, I'm a big Taya fan. I've I've watched her since you know she was in like Lucha Underground way back when, and she's awesome. She's gonna. I hope she does great. She she doesn't really seem. She seems more AEW than WWE to me. I was kind of if. If you asked me like a, a week ago, told me she was going to sign with one of those two brands, I would I would have told you it was going to be AEW. But uh, I mean, you know, good for them. She's she's pretty awesome. Right, and I, you know, the other thing I want to point out is that her husband, John Morrison, is is with oh, WWE. Right. So that that I think I, I do I, I also agree. I think she would have been really good for like an AEW, and I and they would have fit a little better. But that it might have not been. The best decision for her personally, which is something you have to take in, in, into account, and a lot of people don't take that into account when they hear about signings and stuff like that. So I, I, I do like this one. Adonis, did you have any thoughts on Taya? I did not recognize the name. I had to look her up. <laughs> okay. Oh, that's right. You never watched Lucha Underground, did you? Uh, no, we saw the first oh, yeah. like four or five episodes together, and then right. I didn't finish you watching it. You need to finish it. that. Well, yeah, I you're telling you. You're in for like, a treat. It's, we'll it's... definitely finish that with you at some point uh, down the line because... Uh, Lucha Underground, I, at least the first few seasons of it, it is like a must watch for any this decade or la- I guess last decade wrestling fan. I feel like it's it's so it's so like it's so well produced. Yeah, it, yeah, well, I mean, well produced to a point, but it, it is, uh, you know, there was some production yeah, I mean, okay, decisions perfect, that I, I don't know yeah. about, but it, it is interesting. And and it, unlike it's storytelling in a way that you don't usually see in wrestling, I think, which is it, it makes it unique. And that's really all you're ever looking for in wrestling. Right. That's why all the novelty promotions work to some degree for a little bit. But now we've wasted enough time. It's time to talk about NXT Vengeance Day. Uh, like we said, this show was freaking great. Uh, top to bottom. It, absolutely insane. I actually think. It slowed down a bit in the middle, not to say that they were bad, but I think um, the, the, I'll say the women's match was probably my least favorite, and, and there's a reason mm-hmm. for it that we'll go into, um, but that was almost a cooldown match of sorts, but if you watched it standalone, it certainly didn't look like a cooldown match. It was fantastic. 
Um, but uh, the first three matches uh, on paper, I didn't expect them to be this good. Uh, starting women's dusty final, Shotzi Blackheart and Ember Moon versus Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai. The winner gets a shot at the women's WWE Women's Tag Team Champions, which is currently Shayna Baszler and My Hole, Nia Jax. Uh, th- My Hole. Th- th- that is absolutely incredible that that's the thing that's getting her over with the WWE faithful. But what, you know, that's. When you have an internet audience, that's that's what it's going to be. Uh, the winner of this match, not Shotzi, not Ember, Raquel and Dakota Kai. I'll be honest, I was a bit surprised. I thought Shotzi and Ember were, were going to take this. I thought it was time that uh, Ember gets a win after that long out with the Achilles injury. I, I, I just thought that she was going to be attached to someone young like a Shotzi Black. Shotzi's not actually that young, but she's you know new to the company. So that's young in, in the mind of, of fans. Uh, and you know, I thought that would be great. They could, you know, fight for the championship. I don't know if that they have to win it, but being on a major pay-per-view, maybe WrestleMania, that would have been cool. I also thought it was going the other way. Mm. Yeah. I also thought that, uh, Ember and Shotzi were going to win. Uh, that finish was something else too, right? That double cover. What'd you guys think about that? Yeah. I, the double cover with Kai on top of Gonzalez. Uh, I mean, I guess that is blatantly illegal when, when you think about it. I don't I, The refs, I guess, tend to pick and choose when they enforce certain rules. Uh, not to go off topic, but uh, I think on SmackDown this week, Charlotte got disqualified for going over the like five count in the corner, which almost like never happens, even though heels go over it all the time, you know, excessively. I think it even happened within this show once. So it just kind of does, you know, it's, it's very clear in WWE. They, they don't want you to take the rules too seriously. So, uh, you know, uh, if it works for the story, I guess we have to ignore the double cover. But, uh, you know, it, it was... I think the big stain on otherwise a really sound and, and, and I mean, unexpected match for me because I don't consider uh, Shotzi and Raquel Gonzalez, even though this match had its share of botches uh, from the two and from the other two as well. Uh, but I, I thought this was exceptional. This was way better than I expected uh, considering the talent. Ember Moon uh, coming off that Achilles injury just it really impresses me because there's just like an explosiveness that you kind of expect her to lose, but she still has it. Uh, when she hit the eclipse, it was I thought it was picture perfect. Maybe maybe I'm wrong, but it it was it, it was mm-hmm. a very impressive match Great. by Amber Moon specifically in my eyes. Uh, Shotzi I thought was a weak link here. Raquel Gonzalez impresses me a, a ton. I actually kind of thought Shotzi and Dakota were the stronger performers in here. Shotzi's got a lot of energy that I think works out really well to balance out the other two. Right. And uh, Shotzi, I don't think, I think she's just kind of a messy performer in, in general and, and it's going to lead to botches. And I don't think the botches, right. I, like I said, none of these matches were good. They were all great. So this was still a great match and she didn't, no one brought it down a significant amount. It was just that I, specifically, I just remember one spot uh, that it seemed like Shotzi mistimed an arm drag and, and Dakota kind of had to make up for it a bit. Uh, right into the corner. I, I, I noticed that. I know uh, Smart to Death, the podcast, uh, also mentioned that on Twitter, and I quoted them on that because I was happy that someone else noticed uh, something that I thought was just a bit just a bit sloppy, but th- there's always going to be some imperfections. Nothing is uh, absolutely perfect. Uh, but by no means were any of these uh, performers bad. They, you know, this, this was uh, absolutely fantastic. I thought uh, Raquel Gonzalez specifically has just learned to play that role of giant heel 
like, and I guess I don't even know if she's going to be the heel for much longer because they're going up against Shayna and Nia, who are pretty much bona fide heels. So to some degree, she'll have to play babyface. But she's become such a great, big, you know, a strong woman, like a like a Rhea Ripley, a basically, right? She, yeah. yeah, just uh, you know, if Rhea Ripley truly is moving on to the main roster, I think Gonzalez is the natural uh, replacement for her. You know, that size, the bulk, the power at least you know for the women's division which 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 is strong and you know we just talked about Taya coming in which is i feel like that that that's a matchup waiting to happen but that that's to talk about for another day uh but a really really strong opening to this pay-per-view and i actually thought after this match uh that there it couldn't it couldn't go up and boy was i wrong because this next yeah. one at least in my opinion um i I watched that first match and fully expected it to be the best show or the best match on the pay-per-view. And then I was immediately proven wrong. Right. Johnny Gargano and Kushida, even though Kushida lost, Johnny Gargano defeated Kushida to retain his North American championship in a, I want to say it went just under 25 minutes. This thing was not the pace I expected it to be, but absolutely fantastic. I think I gave it four and a half stars. Uh, Just technical... Uh, exactly what you want from okay. So Johnny Gargano right now he is your uh, NXT lifer, your your veteran, right? He is going to he's going to make uh, new guys, guys who come in and are supposed to have big impacts. And you're supposed to go, wow, he's working with Gargano. You can expect something. Gargano's always going to strive to achieve what he strived. What I mean, what he got with Champa. Right. Like that's his that that's the best thing we've ever seen from him. So he's always going to be trying to top that because that's what wrestlers do. They're seeking a new high to feel that adoration and love for the fans. And I think he would have got a piece of that tonight if there were 8000 fans in, you know, whatever arena that NXT is usually at on a Saturday night or Sunday night or whatever it is. This this was so good. This was Johnny Gargano goes to New Japan uh, in the G1. Right. For a one off. Mm-hmm. This This was. Uh, everything you wanted, I think, from Kushida when he got signed a year, a year and a half ago, or however long it's been, uh, from New Japan. Uh, but I've talked long enough. W- w- I mean, you know, w- what do you guys like about this? <laughs> Jeez, yeah, no, you have talked long enough. No, I don't even know what I can add to that. It, you just heaped on adoration. Uh, I, yeah, it was great. That's all I got. It was really, really good. Kushida was out with an arm injury for a while, and this is the best way to come back into a feud with Johnny Gargano. Ironically, there was a bunch of Johnny Gargano I... had an arm injury as well. Well, it's, it's not a real arm injury. He well, by the so end of this match, his arm was certainly hurting. Yeah, I, dude, there was just a lot of real cool stuff that I, I feel like I'd never seen before in this match. And Kushida brought it. Johnny brought it. I'm surprised Kushida lost. But damn if I wasn't entertained for 25 minutes. I, I don't think this is the last we'll see of Kushida in the uh, North American title picture. I th- I think he's going to be fighting Gargano again real soon. I I I welcome it. <laughs> I I I welcome yeah. it. That is a a fantastic matchup, and and you know a, a second and possibly third course. I I I'd be delighted. So I you know that is something I I you know I, I repeats aren't always great, but man. This one, this one was this this one was so good. Did you guys catch what yeah. happened just before the match started? No, uh, that's didn't. I might have Dexter Loomis nabbed Austin Theory as the way we're walking out. 
to oh, uh, that's so, what happened yes okay so i saw them looking around for austin theory and i didn't notice that, that happened just, that's so funny just snatched him up with i i, I mean i think he had a rag i don't want to say the if there was chloroform or not on it <laughs> but you know the, abducted for sure uh so that was a uh, Clearly, I know some people were worried about Loomis oh working God. with Johnny Gargano next. I do think uh, Kushida and Gargano will continue something. And, of course, Loomis will be working with Theory instead. So that uh, that was a funny little – I don't know if it's the start because this has kind of been going for a little bit. But I thought that was a good little way to uh, you know, interject another feud into only a five-match card. Because it's it's good to find ways to do that because – there's really more than just five feuds going on in NXT at all times, and it's great when you can just add pieces in. The third match on the show was the men's Dusty Final. MSK, somewhat to my surprise, I didn't think they'd give the young guys the push. I thought they'd give Grizzled Young Veterans, which was it was their second time in the in the in the finals. Uh, they lost back. again. Nash Carter and Wesley are gonna get uh, an NXT Tag Team Championship opportunity. I guess that's what they call it in WWE, right? Oh my goodness. This for my money was match of the night. Um I know the one right before this was was really great, but this these guys brought the house down. Uh MSK looked fantastic through their whole Dusty Classic run. They uh I I I I don't know. They just <laughs> I, they these guys are going to go on to do some big stuff in NXT and WWE and beyond. Coming directly off of Wednesday, I think this is better than both of their performances earlier on in the tournament, which, you know, makes sense for a tournament. But even on Wednesday, I didn't think there was a way up from there. And they showed that they could, you know, keep the pace up. And really, Grizzled Young Vets did better than I expected today. That's interesting. I feel like people expect them to do well. Do you not... Do you not have a like a high bar set for those guys already? Right, after especially after I, I was just gonna say I I was surprised when when Grizzled Young Veterans made it to this yeah. far in, into the me I, too. I, I, yeah, let talk about Let Austin. Me, your your bracket busted in several ways. Um, yeah, I wouldn't say completely busted, but I was definitely pounding the drum for uh, Chompa and Thatcher. I thought for sure they were going to the finals at least. But, uh, yeah, you know, GYV came in and uh, took them out on Wednesday, uh, which was a shocker to me. Uh, I, I Grizzled Young Vets don't really do it for me. I know they're, like, good wrestlers, but I, I, I don't know. I, they're, not, they're not my favorites. Gip, but they're really good promo tonight. work is, is uh, it's new to it's me. It's weird. So may, maybe, I don't uh, like it. I, maybe it's the uh, – it, it's, I don't want to say it's, like, an English style, but there is definitely – like a different, I think, uh, energy that comes from like guys like Balor, Dunn, uh, and then you know everyone that kind of just even Tony Storm to a degree. I think there's just like a different energy, um, maybe just because we're not we're not used to them or they're like you know they it's feel a like more fresher. severe. Yeah, it, it's I think and I mean let's even say Walter Jesus. Whenever we see Walt, it always feels intense, you know. So um, mm-hmm. this you know I just I, it's I can see. I can see why some people are are, are off put by uh, grizzled young veterans, and but but I do think that the story being on Wednesday that they were such the the tag team right the the yeah the the yeah, veteran was, tag team the grizzled young veterans right. I guess for lack of a better term, but that's uh that really is their gimmick they they are a, a almost FTR right that's exactly what FTR was I was thinking they're they must be like yeah, NXT UK uh 
what was FTR when they, the revival? The revival, right? So, uh, you know, and and you know, the revival did quite well in in regular NXT. So I, I think uh, even with their second straight loss in the finals of the Dusty Classic, this is uh, a good sign for the Grizzly Young Veterans. I hope that they get to see more use because I think that they were supposed to be used in a certain way, and COVID really really fucked. NXT UK as a promotion, to be honest. I mean, you know, international mm-hmm. wrestling, let's be honest, the money, a lot of the money is over here, you know? There's just, that's where the, the stuff is, especially like on WrestleMania weekend and stuff. Um, and, and the UK scene, I know, hurt really bad. So it's good to see, you know, them getting back over here with the COVID restrictions being, I guess, not lifted, but... Alleviated? Yeah, I, I would, you know, like lessened or, you know, they can work visas and stuff like that or they they you know they've they've done their quarantines and whatnot i assume mm-hmm. or they've made the decision to come here uh for an extended period of time that was really one of the things that's holding a lot of uh and, and still to this day i mean we're not i mean we're not going to talk too much about it but uh i know there's the okada uh to aw and impact rumors one of the things that's probably going to hold that up for a bit is the covid stuff in you know japan you can't just come straight back from america after Jap- doing stuff and and Americans can't just go over to Japan uh and when you consider that Dynamite has a weekly show that that's you know that's one of the reasons John Moxley not being in New Japan for so long has been such an issue so there is there is there is a ton of issues um Japan itself was on a lockdown as of maybe 2 weeks ago I think it might be lifted now but they're definitely feeling the effects of that with Okada coming overseas and especially the women's tournament that they've split up into two complete different tournaments right someone from that women's tournament is gonna uh, the women's side of that bracket is uh, the japan side of that women's bracket is going to have to come over here i would imagine or maybe they'll send someone over there but either way like i just mentioned there's a bunch of uh issues with that with the with the covid restrictions so uh you know it's good they're to actually see. just gonna have an empty stadium finale in hawaii i i, I would bet i mean i'll say the women's match will, will probably happen uh, with no fans, but the, I mean, no, they they do pretty decent. The they do fans at uh, Daly's place, so I, I'm actually wrong about that. But I do think um, Okada will be held off for a while, just for the reason you want to do a full house with that. Why, you know, the you want to do a full house, like that's the pop mm-hmm. of all pops. I think for the AW fans to see Okada come out against an Omega, I, I that's that's the one, you know. So I think even though the Forbidden Door has been forced open. Uh, that's, that, that, that's, we're going to, that's what we're going to see, but somehow we got from NXT UK all the way to Japan and Okada, but I know that's something we did want to talk about, um, before we started recording this. So I managed to sneak that in and I thank you guys for indulging me because man, we we at least need (laughs) to talk about AEW once on this NXT podcast. Isn't that right? (laughs) The fourth match on this show was the NXT women's championship. Io Shirai, Tony Storm, Mercedes Martinez. I thought it was Tony time and it wasn't. It's always Tony time at my house. That's the name of my cat. Um, anyways, this, <laughs> uh, this, this to me, while not a bad match by any, any measure, uh, was the weak point of the show. Uh, it, it didn't hold up quite to the lofty standards that the rest of the matches on this card set. Still really good, just not, not, not quite to the level of the rest of the, uh, the, rest of the show, I thought. Yeah, this match wasn't as intense as the other matches on the card. The loftiest thing about this match was Io Shirai jumping off the production scaffolding. I, that's I pretty she, intense in my eye. I, I thought that was pretty nuts. Well, <laughs> I, I they break a table. Up. 
I guess that broke the table. <laughs> they broke right? a table right before. Oh, right before. And that. then after she climbed, I think she only hit Tony in the head though when she was coming down, which only is a bit hit of a bummer. Head. Right, right. As well, no, I mean oh. only hit her in the head as opposed to hitting both her and uh, Mercedes Martinez. Fair. So Tony got the hard end of that one. Yeah, this was this was also the shortest match on the show. Um, I think for good reason. I, I'm. I'm going to say that EO and Tony are going to continue or maybe EO and Mercedes are going to continue, but I expect more to come out of this feud. I think it was just kind of a holdover. Maybe Uh, EO and Tony at NXT. I mean, I'm sorry. The takeover before WrestleMania uh, seems like it would be really, really impressive. So I I don't know. It it, it was on the shorter side and uh, on the weaker side. Did you guys think the finish to this match might have been a little bit of a botch uh, uh re- maybe re- remind me because i thought i thought at one point the finish was going to be uh, tony and mercedes just in the, in the ring uh, alone and right. that eo was going to get screwed out so, of it but i know eo ended up making the pin so that's she what it a- looked like was going to happen so it was it was coming down to the end and tony uh was covering mercedes after some big move i forget exactly what it was and the ref like didn't go down to count and it looked like he was looking up at eo and then yeah it might have been the flying headbutt and uh and i think eo had climbed up to the uh the the corner of the post but like off camera off camera and uh it it looked like the ref wasn't even looking at the pin and was just waiting for her to make her move which i i don't know i thought it might have just been a little 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 weird detail i noticed but uh it seemed a little messed up to me in the event that it takes your attention away from the actual match then yeah, it's a bit of a botch. Yeah, it it did do that. But overall, like I said, no bad matches on this card. I thought it was right. still really, really good. Uh, it, you know, maybe not to the standard of the other ones, but I guess to some degree, WWE has conditioned us to expect a quote-unquote cool-down match, right? So this, this was, was that. This was that, unfortunately. But, uh, you know, being, I, you know, I this was a... It was still part of a really, really good pay-per-view, and it was not like a blemish on the pay-per-view. So I think that's a positive uh, to any degree, especially for something that seems like the middle child of the story. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just not (laughs) so important or it isn't treated as so important because it isn't the, uh, you know, the beginning part that we remember or the big culmination. It's just something to get us through to the next pay-per-view. At least that's how I viewed it uh, and came to grips with it by the end of it because I was a bit disappointed upon the conclusion, but that that rationalization, I think, kind of works for me. Uh, and the final match on this card, uh, I'm going to say this was the best match on the card. Balor and Dunn, uh, absolutely nuts. I, at a certain point, I thought, wow, this is going to be like long and kind of drawn out. This was 25 minutes plus. Uh, Balor retained. Uh, we'll talk about what happened after in just a second. Uh, if you guys want to bring that up, you can. Uh, but as a match, I, I thought this was super technical. And again, I'll go with that like British style that we don't normally see and I think is a bit um, interesting, right, to the American eyes. Like it's just, mm-hmm. I think, tougher maybe. We talked about pace in a, in a in a past episode yeah, and how different cultures in wrestling have different paces. Like Lucha is exceptionally fast and, and Japanese wrestling – uh, can kind of be like be, be both, and, and you know, I think that this was, uh, I think, uh, what's his name, uh, Bad News Barrett even said at some point that you know the English and Irish, uh, 
dilemma is, is, is a long one, but you know, in wrestling, it's, it's one that's been played out many times. And, and this is a, a classic uh, case of that. And I love this match. I, yeah. I absolutely loved it. I gave it five stars. Yeah. Oh, five star. Wow. That's, um, yeah, I don't do big. that. Too much. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I think, uh, I think tougher is a great way to describe this match. It was, it was just brutal. Like they're, I mean, these guys just beat the hell out of each other. I, I really don't know what else to say other than that. Like it was, it was an instant classic right there, man. We just, we, we, we witnessed greatness. <laughs> to that being said, the, the UK, tag team match was still better. This was brilliant. I thought uh, the, the technical grappling that went on here, I didn't expect it to go on for as long as it did with as much intensity. I didn't really get lost in how slow it got, if that makes sense. Because they were fighting while they were actually stopped from most right. of the so, match. So compared to the other 25-minute match, the what is that, the Gargano, the Gargano one? Kushida. I think I, I – and not that that was a bad match in any way. Like I said, I think I gave it four and a half stars. But it, it's it, it did have a moment where I felt like, okay, it's building or whatever. And this one did just feel like a fight that continually progressed. Yeah. Uh, and at no point, like, really w- was it, I bored. I, this was uh, – you're right. The grappling – wasn't as uh, laborious, if I can say that, as mm. as as it was in the Kushida and Gargano match. It, it never felt slow. Like it, it it felt like it held the right pace through the entire match, which is incredibly difficult to do for such a long match. And I think yeah. the, the emotion that Balor got out too really, I don't know. That's what really got through to me because it felt like at the end. Um, and I think this was the idea that, you know, he was, he, like, you know, he's, he's the real baby face here, uh, with Dunn being, you know, the real awful heel, but I just thought he played the emotions so, so well at the end by just beating the crap out of Dunn. And it felt like he was giving every single thing that he had that I was all in on Balor when just like a month or two ago, you know, he, he was this cocky, uh, you know, I'm the prince, I'm better than you. The kitty cat's not here to play. You know what I mean? He's still he's still that cocky guy. Right. That's uh he he's definitely he's definitely come around to a certain extent. Uh, uh undisputed era turning on him is going to be an interesting development. I did not see that coming. Right. Undis- so there there's I I I want you guys to break this down cuz I'm kind of lost. O'Reilly <laughs> is babyface with Balor now and Cole and Roddy are heel. Well, so O'Reilly is respectful of Finn after their match together. The issue is that Cole doesn't like that. Mm-hmm. Roddy's somewhere in the middle. He's right. upset that Cole turned on O'Reilly. But Roddy's going to side with Cole because, or yeah, I don't think he has. Sure the, I don't yet. think he has that. O- o- O'Reilly's going to side with Balor because of this, you know, pride thing that they've established, right? Like that they're mm-hmm. this that, that these you know, respectful champions or, you know, or, or O'Reilly wants to be champion, but he lost. So he understands, you know, uh, he did the whole shake his hand. I respect you thing, but, uh, it is very interesting. Uh, you know, I imagine a tag match might be coming between Roddy and Cole versus O'Reilly and Balor. And, yeah. you know, I, oh, maybe man. eventually Roddy and Cole, Roddy versus Cole. How Ooh. cool would that be? I would, I would, yeah. I mean, I, w- I would love to see the actual dissolution of Undisputed Era. They've been, they've yeah. been such a uh, with Bobby been such Fish a force in now NXT. and everything, right? I and, think we're getting them falling apart. And this is actually a great opportunity to sneak in another AEW topic because uh, Undisputed Era breaking up is something that I didn't think 
a lot of people thought they were going to see uh, recently. But on AEW this week, opposite. I did not actually get to see AEW this week. But I heard that Sammy Guevara uh, left the inner circle. Oh, yeah. So the uh, traditional inner circle is also broken up. So the end of the Undisputed Era and the end of the inner circle as we knew them. Well, yeah, the inner circle is a little different because it's still like 80, 80 to 90 percent intact. It's really sure. just Sammy sure. that left. Uh, yes, yes, he was an original member, but the inner circle is still well, like seven well, guys if, deep. It, so <laughs> if Roddy goes off with Cole, uh, you know, is is, is that's still fifty percent? And then where does Bobby? Bobby Fish would come. Bobby would probably come back with to a, Adam Cole. Yeah, oh, I, well, I mean, O'Reilly would come back with O'Reilly. Yeah. Well, we see, O'Reilly, we O'Reilly went singles. So you know, it's, if O'Reilly's trying to be a singles guy. Maybe Fish is going to be like, well, I'm not going to go with the guy who turned his back on me for his own popularity and pride. He's just sticking with Balor because he's the main roster guy who's been up there before and makes the millions of dollars. He's doing it for greed. I don't know. They could they could spin it, but I guess that kind of doesn't work with the babyface heel story yeah. that they're telling. But, man, Undisputed Era, how long have they been together? Years. Years. It's Years. Four? 16 or 15. It might be five. Like, I remember, they were definitely, I'm pretty sure they headlined the takeover in New Orleans the year that we went. Right. And that was like 2018 or 2017. Or was that? No, that was the North American ladder match, wasn't it? Right. I'm sure right. somebody I remember watching right that now. in the hotel. Right. That's a change of landscape, I think, <laughs> when, yeah, when it comes absolutely. to NXT, at least. Uh, especially when when you wonder how long Adam Cole is going to actually be in NXT, it feels like at some point he does have to go up to the main roster because right. uh, out of out of anyone down there, you know, he he might have a chance to make it. Uh, I think he can actually navigate the company well enough and and do really well. So uh, he, you know, he did hit a perfect super kick. I thought that was a very pretty and oh, it was so good. I, I only knew it. Right when he was doing it, like right when he made yeah. the movement, I went, oh, "No, you're not." So that's exactly the emotion you want, I think. As a you know, as a performer, fantastic. you want that from your fans. So, man, what a way to cap off uh, a great, great pay per view. Um, I, geez, you know, like if, yeah. if if NXT can do that every single time, I I will have no complaints about NXT, and you know, I'll tip my cap to them especially like they don't even need to do that every time if they just hit like 80 percent of that you know like you can have a bad match on your card like this was this was too good almost they could could, yeah true they could stand to have another like cool down matches or so i mean i hate to say that because it's the ww conditioning everything no everything should be great this this is exactly how it should be um but if they could get the main roster shows to be like 50 percent of this that would be fantastic that would just be it's so, never- so much better. The main roster struggles so, so much. Uh, whatever you're doing in NXT, you've recaptured the magic of what was once TakeOver and why that name meant something so much. And and I'll be honest, in the last year, it lost some of its shine. TakeOver did not mean as much to me as it used to. But after the show, I, I'm not I'm not missing a TakeOver. I, I, I'm just, it's just not happening. Uh, but Elimination Chamber is next week, and we do need to talk about that, so... What we know right now about Elimination Chamber is five matches. There's going to be two Elimination Chambers, but both are men's matches, right? Are you surprised that there's no women's Elimination Chambers match this this year? At least that we know. I definitely am. Yeah, I'm I'm, mostly because there are two men's Elimination Chamber matches. Like, how can you have two men's Chamber matches and no women's? That doesn't make any sense. 
I I mean, they've had I think two chamber ma- two men's chamber matches before, and that was before they felt the need to do well a women's version of was, every gimmick match that there is in WWE. So sure, I'm not necessarily I mean, you know mad that they're that, you know I, I think that actually the lineups for these are are are, are not the worst. And if you'll remember last year, the women's elimination chambers met. Well, I guess we'll talk about that. But the women's elimination chamber last year was, in my opinion, I don't think it was very good. I know Shayna, I think that was her debut. And she just ran through Was it the tag team one? I don't know if it was the tag team one. Here, last year. The tag team one sucked. So last year was Shayna beating Natalia, Liv Morgan, Asuka, Ruby Riot, and Sarah Logan by submission. So that oh, was that's when, right. that was Shane that was when Shayna just literally mowed through everyone. I just think she eliminated literally yeah. every single person in that match. So Is that when Shayna got both of them in the same submission hold? I think Ooh. I think there was a double submission in, in that match. Yes. So I it was all I know is I saw Twitter reacting and saying that there was a not so much love for for last year, so that they weren't so pissed off that uh there there wasn't one this year. That said, I guess what you know, who would you have in, in the women's in the women's match, right? If you assume that Bianca is going to be facing Sasha Banks, um, you know, yeah, that's it, a good point. It, 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 there's a lot, you know, you have a winner of that, and then which brand do they go to, right? The reason you have a Raw and SmackDown one here, yeah, is all so of their top talent is their brand split. Um, but let, let's go over right. the elimination chamber matches because I, I guess Austin, you don't think that the uh, the lineups are so good. But this this uh, WWE Championship one here, it seems fine to me. Drew McIntyre, AJ Styles, Jeff Hardy, oh, Randy Orton, Sheamus, and the Mitch. Senior Citizens Battle Royale. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> okay. thought that was kind oh, of bad. Yeah. Every single one of these guys is forty plus. Like it's they, ridiculous. Get some young talent in there, please. Right, but they, I mean, at least the Royal Rumble winner was oh. Um, oh wait a second, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well. I this guess, is a common problem with WWE, so I'm not like livid about it. But I just, I mean, Sheamus, like, what, do all these guys really need to be in the battle in, in the uh, in the elimination Sheamus chamber? Is, is, is got, he not? I'm pretty sure no, Sheamus no. is in it. No, Sheamus, is Sheamus, Sheamus is in. Sheamus is in yeah, the Sheamus. elimination chamber. Yes. Are you kidding yeah. me? Styles, Hardy, See? Orton, Sheamus, Miz, and McIntyre. McIntyre yeah, is defending uh, Hardy... in the match. Okay. Hardy Miz and Sheamus should be nowhere near this match. I'm I'm okay with AJ and, and Randy, but those other three, I mean, just I don't know if I'm okay with anybody. Sheamus feud, it feels like again, I think we said this last week, something that they're doing just because they feel they need to do it. Then you don't need to do yeah. it, WWE. You don't need to do it. Listen to me. It is not it is not necessary. Like Adonis said, he doesn't doesn't even want this guy in the match. He was surprised to hear his name involved in the match. It's I mean, Sheamus Probably could be cool. I enjoyed him with Cesaro as the bar. I don't. I think that that could be something like that would be just fine for him. But what can I? Can I? Why is Mister Money in the Bank in this match? You know why? There, there comes the money. You know, you got to have him in there. Why? <laughs> Do you think Drew will ultimately retain here? I, I, oh, it's absolutely. A, of course, it's a tall, it's a yeah, tall order. We just had yeah, Drew versus is. Randy on Monday. We're going to have Drew versus Randy again in the Elimination Chamber. That's another waste of a slot. Yeah, They have it, no one just, young in there for no good I reason. I could not care less about this match. I think Drew's going to run through these guys. 
Do we know that Drew's coming out last, or is it random anyway? That's the thing. Is it, it, So we're recording this on Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day, everyone. But that's a Sunday. So Raw is tomorrow, and most of you guys will probably be listening to this podcast um, after Raw happens throughout the week, right? Um, but but if you haven't watched Raw yet, like 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 us, because we don't know what happened, uh, you know, there's no order or anything like that. So if McIntyre is first, he's fucked. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, he's not going to make it out, out out if he's in, in first place. I mean, I I don't think there's any world where McIntyre drops the title in the elimination chamber against true. these old, old no men. And Jeff, like, almost killed, not sorry, uh, AJ almost killed Jeff also. So do we even know if he's making it to elimination chamber? True. He's got I, another episode. I, I wondered when I read this list, I said, you know, WWE, even to the last second, could could swap any of these people out mm-hmm. with someone that they felt... You know what if it what if uh what if what if Hardy get goes out and and they bring in Omos <laughs> that would be th- more interesting. Oh, I haven't seen Omos actually wrestle. I would love it. That he's, would actually he's massive. be interesting. Yeah, if nothing else, just you know treat him as as the muscle. So it'll be interesting. I think McIntyre, especially with the Edge, kind of played it up uh, this week that he wasn't sure. You know that the odds are stacked against McIntyre in in this match. It's it's five against one really. Uh, the idea of pinning the champion first should be in everyone's mind, right? Like, in a perfect world, once you pin the champion, like, you know, he can't be the champion anymore. So there's guaranteed a new champion. I think that's the most interesting thing. But they're not going to mm. work together on that level because heels are going to heal. So I, despite your, you know, I, I will acknowledge that some of these people, <laughs> a lot of these people are old and, and there could be some younger blood in this match. I think that, it will be fun people. to see Drew McIntyre. Well, Drew McIntyre, I think, is is a fine age. He's in his prime. He should. Be, he's the he's the champion. Uh, I'm excited to see him battle he's like through 38. this. Thirty-eight. Is he really? He's pretty old. He's. Wow. Uh, I mean, like, I'm not. I'm not mad about him being in this match at all. Don't get. He's the one exception. But the rest of these guys are just people that have already wrestled him. Really, and- like. <laughs> Don't have like a real feud yeah, building up I, to actually winning from we've him. We've seen way too much Randy Orton lately. Hardy AJ, and Sheamus you know, are never even says. I think. Do you think they're ever going to yeah, pay Hardy off on Sheamus Retribution getting a title shot? Like they could have no. stuck one of those guys in here. No, I don't think. I, what about I, Ricochet? I don't think they have any plans? <laughs> Ricochet's yeah, gone. Ricochet? <laughs> I haven't seen Ricochet. Last time I saw he him, he made some dumb fifty first dates joke. Oh, I, I thought he was in the Rumble. But anyways, don't you the, dare disrespect 51st dates. The other that, elimination chamber match that we know about is for the Universal Championship over on SmackDown. So there's actually two matches that stemmed from this week's SmackDown. Mm-hmm. Uh, initially, Adam Pierce wanted Reigns to defend like McIntyre is because it worked with McIntyre. We said, hey, buddy, you're going to defend in the elimination chamber. And because McIntyre is a good guy, he just said, yeah, OK, I'll do that because that's what's being asked of me. But Reigns, of course, says, mm, "I don't think so. I, I, I'm not. I'm not going to do that." And Paul Heyman takes the mic and says, "He will. He, he has to fight at Elimination Chamber, but not in the Elimination Chamber. So therefore, Roman Reigns will be facing the winner of the SmackDown Elimination Chamber match immediately following it for the Universal Championship. So that basically is the biggest heel move of all heel moves when it comes to this kind of thing." Uh, he's guaranteeing that someone is probably going to go 20 minutes, 30 minutes, whoever it is. Uh, that comes out of this alive, and I have my ideas of who it might be, but it's they're gonna get, you know, presumably like you got someone fresh. You're gonna get your ass kicked after after you've been through a big match yeah. with five other big guys. Uh, 
the the champion is fresh. Yeah, the champion is it's fresh. Like, it's like a reverse money in the bank. It, it's that is exactly what it's yeah it's like who, okay who wants to win to get their their shit pushed in right now like uh so I, I i can only imagine that reigns will handle whoever it is that wins pretty easily but of these six who do you think it'll be cesaro daniel bryan jay uso kevin owens king corbin and Sami Zayn. God, I hope it's Kevin Owens. I just, I, I just, I really want to see Kevin Owens versus Roman Reigns. But this you know time, what? Kevin That's Owens such a just wrestled idea. a sixty-minute I... match. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, Kevin Owens. No, it's, God it's, bless him. It's, uh, he can't win this. He, he should not win this. It's got to be Daniel Bryan, right? Or Cesaro, or maybe Cesaro, Dark Horse. But I, it's, it's got to be Daniel Bryan. I, I, like no. if I'm if I'm betting on it, I've been pushing both of those guys recently. I could see it being either one, and I'd be excited to see either of those. And honestly, they've both got the endurance to actually believably make it through the endurance chamber, not the endurance chamber, That's true. the uh, the elimination chamber, and then take on Roman. The uh, the reason I think Cesaro has a chance here is because I guess I don't know exactly when he started turning face, but he's definitely turning face. In him being, I don't know, this just feels like, especially with Corbin and, you know, you wonder to what degree Owens and Zayn will work together. Maybe they'll work against each other. I think that they kind of are at their best when they're working against each other and doing some crazy stuff that only they're comfortable with each other doing. Uh, So I kind of hope we see some stuff there. But, you know, Cesaro could just, he's strong enough to do what Vince loves and that's destroy the giant in the match. And, you know, the Cesaro's called the pound-for-pound pound, uh, strongest guy in WWE. And King Corbin, like it or not, is one of the giants of WWE right now. He is the big guy that you have to go through to get to WrestleMania. So this isn't WrestleMania, but, you know, he'll get an opportunity. So, And I don't think you waste a Daniel Bryan match for what's supposed to be what i've just outlined is going to happen immediately after roman reigns is going right. he's going to handle them and you don't want that to happen to daniel bryan unless your idea is to get the fans behind daniel bryan and recreate the whole we want him to have a fair shot at wrestlemania thing which hey wwe Certainly likes possible. to do that as well <laughs> i complained Especially about that recently um what did you guys make of in in relation to this uh seth rollins return on friday where he beat the crap out of Cesaro. He made his head bleed again. <laughs> yeah, it was it was rough. Do you think that could end up being kind of a uh, a feud going forward and maybe that might take Cesaro out of the elimination chamber? Mm. I missed the blood part, but I do see um interesting cuz I you know, I I I think that Cesaro his championship run starts and ends with his win at Elimination Chamber, and that his win at Elimination Chamber is just a device to like very clearly cement him as a babyface in the company. And mm. then going up against Rollins really does make sense once you've established that. So I actually don't think it disqualifies him, but I could just be moving things around in my head to make my own booking work. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I like, I like Cesaro, but. Back to your Seth Rollins thing. Uh, the, he did the you know burn it down thing, and everyone everyone came out and and surrounded him, and then he started preaching the the Messiah stuff again, and then they left. So that was yeah, uh, nobody was having it. Yeah, and Cesaro was the last that one out there, unfortunately, I, and got attacked. So is uh, yeah, I do see them. They're it, definitely going to be working together, right? Yeah, moreover, it sounds like 
it sounds like they're going to be getting rid of the Messiah gimmick, right? No, not at all. It no, seems absolutely they're, they're insane so? nah, that Seth comes it. back from having a kid in well, a full okay, pleather okay, suit. Okay, okay. No, but he just came out shirt, and failed to pleather, get anybody to come over to his side. I see what you mean, Austin. I think that I think that yeah, I think this is the beginning of the end for the Messiah gimmick, and that he's gonna have to come to grips with something. But I don't know. Didn't I book something the the other day, or or, or on our last episode, or two episodes ago, where Becky Lynch just comes out with the baby and like makes them? And to some degree, that's exactly what he did. He came out and he talked about their fucking baby with you know heel, the though. biggest baby face, but be a baby face. Everyone likes you. No one likes this Messiah character. It's, you know, all you do is blame it on the fans. And I know you think it's heel work, but it's, it's, it's just not. Dude, he should have just come back as a baby, but trying to follow Roman. How do you come back, try to be the top guy in SmackDown and don't acknowledge the top guy in SmackDown? Is it like, were were you not watching TV at all? Do you not know who's the champion? Although that should be like his biggest problem. It's somehow his last because he literally has no friends right now, and he at least last Roman time, was his friend. I know he at least last time had Buddy Murphy. I guess yeah, he could heal it up with Roman. Why doesn't he do that? No, he could be a face, try to, and then go. But he could heal Roman. it up too with Roman right now. Exactly. It just makes no have, sense. Have they ever had a singles match? They must have had a match at some point, but I'm sure we just don't remember it. I I, I guarantee there will be a bunch of people in the comments linking us to YouTube things that say full match Roman Reigns versus Seth Rollins, but. As far as we're concerned, yeah, that's look, far if, enough in the rearview mirror that we would it. enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, they must have had matches together. I can't believe we don't remember a specific one right now, but they certainly have. Yeah, yeah. I'm almost definitely wrong about this. I, th- I, th- I think I think we're good to move on from here. Please don't <laughs> that, arrest me in the comments. That sounds right. Um, what else do we know about Elimination Chambers so far? One week away. Uh, Bobby Lashley is going to be defending his United States Championship against Keith Lee. And versus Matt Riddle. So Riddle and Lee had a pretty good match that only went about eight minutes this week on Raw. Uh, I don't know if you guys were able to catch Raw or not, but Lee versus Riddle in itself just sounds like a main event from an indie wrestling show that we would have seen in like 2017, 2018. I don't know if PWG, but like uh, specifically I'm thinking about that New Orleans WrestleMania weekend that we were there. I feel like Lee versus Riddle was a main event of an actual indie show that weekend, or maybe that was the year before, but, uh, God, I think you know, it might be right. It was we definitely uh, saw both of those guys that weekend at, at various indie shows. I know yeah. that much, but this was Is this a, a triple threat. Uh, no, this was, so, so it, oh, it this was, was to determine. Yes. Uh, so okay. Lee, Lee and riddle, uh, just fought it out on, on raw. And then afterwards, Riddle lost, but he took the loss like a man, and he was shaking Lee's hand. Obviously, they're friends. They're the babyface, you know, good guy duo and stuff. Yeah, they're Drew and Shams. Um, and then Lashley just came out like a true heel and attacked uh, Riddle. He also attacked Lee when Lee tried to help. So now you have Lee kind of siding with Riddle, which if you're going to pair those two up, I'm actually all for it because they're like same. I think in my head, there's like various eras of – indie wrestling from when they're like right at the peak of their superstardom and i very much associate those two together so seeing them uh and and they're such like an odd couple you know one's so big and bulky and the other one's so like lean and muscular but they're both like absolute animals in their own right i think that um pairing them together especially seeing them 
well, I assume we'll see them beat up on Bobby Lashley in this triple threat coming up next week. Um, I really like Lee and Riddle uh, being being in this match together because I think that they will work together. Um, and then when they are actually fighting each other, it'll be respectful uh, instead of that, you know, cheap heel heat that WWE loves to get so much. Yeah, I, I agree with most of what you just said. Uh, I think I, I'm a big fan of... I really, really love Riddle and, and Lee as wrestlers. And I, I think a, a big part of that is because, like you said, they were at the top of the indie game when I first got into indie wrestling and started paying attention to that kind of stuff, like stuff outside of the WWE. Uh, so, yeah, man, this sounds great. I'd love to see these guys as a tag team. Let's sign me up for that. Do you think that one of them ends up actually beating Bobby Lashley at this pay-per-view? God, I hope so. No, unfortunately not. I love Keith Lee. He's super strong and like inexplicably mobile. But unfortunately, I don't find him actually beating Bobby Lashley here. Hopefully in the future. I think that really says something about uh, Bobby Lashley that we're giving him that that push in our in our head. You know, I mean, whether we think it's justified or not, uh, WWE seems to think, you know, they've got it in our head that he is. Mm -hmm way higher on the card than he was even a year ago. And yeah. I think that's a direct yeah, result absolutely. of being with MVP and this Hurt business. Uh, as goofy he, as it was, better. remember when they were taking over Raw Underground? Like, it was so it was such a dumb gimmick at the beginning, and MVP legitimized it. And if you'll remember, MVP was only supposed to be here for i think the last rumble is just like a one-off maybe do a few matches here or there i think the 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 story at the time was that you know his son got to see him wrestle ray mysterio who was like his favorite wrestler or something like that and that was a real big moment for them a year later your dad a a year later (laughs) i guess yeah but i mean (laughs) a year later and and you know mvp is part of you know making bobby lashley arguably the AB biggest faction. he's ever been in yeah the biggest he's ever been in 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 wwe which is the biggest promotion he's ever been in so uh kudos to mvp who we saw working at the local indie shows just like what three years ago two years ago something like that so that's uh, a <laughs> that, that that's pretty funny and i think the last thing that we know about right now for elimination chamber is uh oscar and lacey evans we are actually going to see lacey evans get a shot at oscar despite so charlotte (laughs) this is the match i talked about earlier in the show this is the one where charlotte lost because she continued to beat lacey evans up in the corner after the five count right that was i believe that's why the dq happened okay but that match was to determine whether or not lacey gets a championship match so Lacey apparently gets the championship match, even though she won by DQ. I would have her actually win the match. Maybe give her someone else other than Charlotte, since Charlotte can't seem to play by the rules. But Lacey didn't win that match. Lacey didn't deserve that match over, say, Charlotte, because, well, Charlotte beat her and continued to beat her to a point of it was deemed cheating, even though heels do it all the time. So I, I don't know. Right. Oscar That's, will thrash um... Lacey Evans, I imagine. That's a very good point, and that's uh, one of the things about recording a podcast with an episode or two of TV before the pay-per-view. I, I think we might see something like that come to a head this Friday, and maybe Lacey might not end up being the one challenging Oscar because really that does not seem like a very fair fight to me. <laughs> 
Yeah, I you know I Rick I, you know she'll have Rick Flair by her side, and I know Rick he did uh, on Raw this week he he justified a bit the uh, the their relationship I guess he stated that it was casual so we can stop yeah, they, with all the jokes I they guess walked back the sexual undertone yeah great but, um, I'm glad it took them three weeks to I'm fully okay. walk back a, on it but finally they're telling a decent I mean not decent but an acceptable story to me right so it's that Rick Flair. Uh, you know, he, you know, Charlotte's the queen and all that, but he feels like he can help this person and maybe he's getting worked a little bit. We don't know yet. And we don't really know who's working who, but you know, he's just trying to help her. And it doesn't seem like it's such a bad thing when he actually explains it. Um, and then Charlotte comes out still mad. So I, I, I once again, I'm unsure of who is supposed to be the healing baby face in the ever ending saga, never ending saga of Charlotte and Lacey Evans. I, I think they're both heels, but I don't know. I, Asuka, I hope she makes quick work of Lacey Evans because I don't want this thing to go more than five minutes. This could this could be real quick. And hopefully there's maybe one or two more matches I, on this card because there's only five matches so far. And two of them we've kind of said are should go quick. Yeah, I, I think this, there's a good chance this match ends up having an extra participant or two. Mm. Um or two. You know, obviously adding Charlotte to the mix would make a lot of sense, but there might be somebody else uh, lurking in the shadows. Ooh. But yeah, I, I, and I also think that they'll definitely add a few more matches by the end of the weekend. No doubt about that. Yeah, the one thing I'm still waiting for is the return of Rhea Ripley, and I wonder when that will actually come. Uh, you know, I hope yeah. she's up on the main roster. Uh, I, maybe I'm wrong about that, but it, did just, it really does just feel like her time on NXT is done. And we're waiting for that big debut. Uh, but they're right to uh, save it for a good time. But maybe adding Charlotte to that match, having Charlotte win the belt, and then having Rhea debut to end the pay-per-view is, is a strong way to do do that. You know, it's uh, it's not always, I don't know. This is kind of random, but uh, speaking of people who would be making kind of a return slash debut, where's Alistair Black been? Alistair Black's wife got fired. Yes. Um, and he's been pretty much just off television for a long, long time. It would be great if we could see him again, but I, I think he's in the doghouse with Vince right now and that we're, mm. we're more likely to see him on another promotion than we are on, than to see him on main roster at this point. That's unfortunate. Yeah. yeah he they're was probably just uh, waiting on the contract. It's sad because remember when Heyman was the guy, uh, in charge of raw, maybe this was like a year and a half, two years ago. Uh, but when Heyman took over that, you know, executive producer, director role on Raw, he, you know, it was pretty well known that there were a lot of young guys that he wanted to kind of make projects of uh, Ricochet and Cedric Alexander and Drew McIntyre. You could tell by the draft. Yeah. And um, and it just didn't work out. <laughs> it didn't work out for Aleister Black. It, it, you know, he was supposed to be one of those guys, but. Unfortunately, yeah, it's like a whole bunch. I was, yeah. I'm a big fan. I hope, I hope he uh, lands on his feet somewhere. If it's not WWE, right? And it's not like he's not going to have his wife's back. So that's, uh, you know, Zelina Vega or Thea Trinidad, whatever you refer to her nowadays. Uh, she's doing quite well on Twitch. I was, uh, I was going through the Twitch subscribers list. Uh, there's a Twitch statistics um, metric website, whatever you want to call it. Um, you just look up most Twitch subscribers on google and it'll take you there but you can sort it by uh sort it by the sub counts and she has a much higher uh, amount of subscriptions than you would imagine and each of those are five dollars so she is making uh decent money which i imagine 
is the reason she was okay with leaving WWE because she wasn't doing exactly uh, what she wanted. But you know, this uh, <laughs> she, maybe she would still like to be there because fuck, her husband's career has gone to the shitter. Uh, that that really sucks. Do we see a men's tag match? Men's. I, who are the men's tag champions right now? Street. Profits? I know that the Dirty Dogs. Oh my god. And Ziggler think, and Rude. Yeah. Ziggler and Rude. That's right. I don't know who the Raw's tag champs are off the top of my head. It might be. No, it's not New Day. Is it New Day? It could be New Day. It's honestly so hard to keep up with all of this stuff that I, I don't yeah. even know anymore. But uh, there's just too many belts. But yeah, they'll definitely add a few more matches to this card by the end of this week. So uh, no doubt by in 24 hours, this podcast will probably be outdated, but we'll post it anyway, folks. And that about wraps things up for this week. So we thank you guys so much for listening and for subscribing to the other Wrestling Dave's podcast. If you don't know how to do that, uh, find the subscribe button. It usually says subscribe and it's on your favorite podcast provider and it really helps us if you do that because it puts our latest episode in your feed as soon as it comes out so if i upload something like i'm going to do this one at around 1 a.m it looks like it'll be right there in the morning when you wake up and you're driving to work uh unless you're not working tomorrow because it's a federal holiday um yeah subscribe and it really helps us grow and we appreciate all your support make sure you're following us on twitter at msc pro wrestling you can follow me personally at dave rose dave b rosenberg on twitter And we'll see you guys next week. We have Elimination Chamber coming up.